I found Ross's book, uh, The Elephantum, about five years ago in a gift shop uh, along the South Bank from the National Theatre. And I have distinct memories of feeding an imaginary elephant over our uh, back garden fence as a child. So that's why it sort of resonated. Um, and we were looking for something to do or, or a project um, after, you know, in the post-Warhorse puppet kind of celebration. Because we both were in Warhorse. And so we were looking for another story that could have a puppet as a central character. And so we applied to the Little Angel Puppet Theatre in Islington to their um, incubate week. So we invited yeah, um, some fellow Warhorse colleagues, uh, had a lot of cardboard, um, some duvets, some pillows, some pillows to be elephants, um, and just yeah, sort of uh, developed some initial ideas for the show. We had two R&Ds in the end uh, in the studio before we started rehearsing it for the shed, um, and they were brilliant. They, we spent one of each of those weeks working on how the puppet would work and the design and the creation of it, and the second week working with performers and structuring scenes and working out how they would perform with the puppet, how the, uh, and then working on how the puppet would work in scenes. We've become ripstop experts. Endless, endless. Well, I mean, I would say endless search. Neither of us were the ones out searching. This brilliant <laughs> maker, Bill Sylvest, who brought the kind of world of inflatables to our attention, is, is like the, she's now the aficionado on her ripstop fabric, which is sort of what kites are made out of and parachutes and things like that. Of course, we've seen things inflated before. I think they were inflated um, at the Olympics even. But we were not convinced that you'd be able to manipulate it finely enough to convey meaning or emotion. But when we first blew it up and started working with it, we were like, actually, this really worked. You were able to both get intention and sort of like focus from the puppet, whilst at the same time giving it this massive, fluid, ghostly quality. And it basically became a quest of finding a fabric that could retain air, but not completely contain it. So if we found a fabric that was really, really good and let any air out of it, the elephant became a beach ball, totally solid, and you, you couldn't squidge him. And so, oh god, yeah, so many, how many bodies? Three, four, five bodies before we even got to rehearsals. We had a rather brilliant moment. We took it all to the studio and, and blew up the body for the first time on Friday night, and it just went <laughs> into this like <laughs> solid, orbital shape. And then we held um, the head up, and the head was about 50% too big for it. <laughs> and that was just me and Finn sitting there like this. Oh god. <laughs> The head of the elephant's plastazote, which is sort of very dense kind of foam that's used quite a lot in, I think, packaging, which uh, a very brilliant maker called Paul Vincent uh, came along and sculpted the elephant head for us. You get this beautiful, beautiful sculpted shape, which, as our elephant head, is huge, but super, super lightweight, which was incredible. We hope that it looks easy when the puppet is moving it around, but it's really not. It's a real test of strength. And the focus thing as well is really important, because if you can't tell what something's looking at, you can't really tell what it's thinking about. So this floaty quality that the body had was brilliant, but if the head had a sort of vague floaty quality, you'd never really know where its attention was. It wouldn't, you'd never really feel like it was engaged with you, so it had to be able to focus. And even often with his trunk as well, there's a scene where she's on the sofa and it's just his trunk poking around at the back, and it was very funny finding the difference between his trunk being like a nose and sniffing and actually being like an eye, yeah. and just me being able to go, whoop, and clock her. We really set out to try and make something that uh, was accessible to four-year-olds, but that our contemporaries would also enjoy. Mm. Um, and that was a real challenge, um, and it was a real line to walk. Um, and, it, and yeah, we did two showings to school groups during rehearsals, um, and I mean, road testing stuff that we were quite worried about, and then totally getting it. It's so true, though. They got everything. They got everything that we were worried they wouldn't. And, and I think adults do um, almost universally underestimate children's ability to comprehend what's happening.